0: challenge benny thompson today to have the courage to come to this courthouse if he's going to charge somebody with a crime he's going to be man enough to show up here or send somebody like shifty Schiff, or fang fang swalwell or send liz cheney send somebody in the committee that has the guts to come here and accuse somebody of a crime it is outrageous and for them to sit there and try to get a complete hearing and they won't bring in any testimony any testimony about fbi involvement any testimony about DHS involvement, any testimony about any other involvement, and what's driving this. The total and complete illegitimacy of Joe Biden. Trump won, Joe Biden illegitimate. 50% of the American people believe that today, and they believe that not from hearing from mainstream media, from our great colleagues in the media, because they won't show any of it. That information has been suppressed from day one, but almost 50% of the American people believe it. You can't govern this country if you're not what is legitimate. This is why no head of state in the world treats him with any respect. This is why the Chinese Communist Party treats him with no respect. This is why the Saudis embarrass him and humiliate him while he's over here with the fist bump. You don't do that to a legitimate president of the United States. We have a constitutional crisis in this nation right now, and they're charging me with a crime. Have the guts and the courage, the guts and the courage to show up here and say exactly why it's a crime benny thompson is a total absolute disgrace in this show trial they're running it's disgrace and i will promise you one thing when the republicans have a sweeping victory on november 8th starting in january you're going to get a real you're going to get a real committee you're going to get a real committee with a ranking member who will be a democrat you will have a minority council that will be a democrat and this will be run appropriately and the american people will get the full story i got to tell you i'm totally so ashamed of the congress today for not for sending staffers over here to try to sell their case they should be here the senior people on the committee
1: stephen k bannon there you have it folks cutting a fiery promo right we call that going full irish full honey badger stephen k bannon outside of his courtroom yesterday where i was able to take part in that we're going to get a new update on that right here very soon but today is 20 July, Year of Our Lord, 2022, you're here in the war room. I'm Jack Posobiec, the host of Human Events Daily, a podcast for people who don't like podcasts that you can go and listen to, powered by Turning Point USA. But I'm in as Stephen K. Bannon is facing off against the regime in his show trial just down the street, the Prettyman Federal Courthouse, where he's facing off against them. But the world does not stop spinning. The EU just announced a 15% target for gas consumption cuts. They're cutting 15% on gas. The United States uh, energy companies warning that we do not have the capacity to build new wells for the end of 22 because of the Biden green agenda. Wall Street Journal, front page of the Wall Street Journal today. Biden's Saudi Arabia visit was worse than an embarrassment. You've got water cops now. That are patrolling Los Angeles in the middle of a drought. And all the way over in Aspen, 2,000 miles away from the White House, the Aspen Security Forum has been kicked off. Secretary Mayorkas is leading this. You got the head of the CIA, you got the head of Homeland Security, the heads of all the intelligence agencies. That's the real government over there. The thing that you see theatrics every day at the the White House propping up this, this corpse telling us that he's the president the leader of the free world that's a show that's all for show the guy can't even sit up right on a bike they put it on google maps now it's brandon falls you think that's the leader now go see what's going on in aspen you need to understand that's the people who are really running this country directly into the ground whether it's on energy or whether it's on security because we can't have police officers hundreds of officers and agents in a schoolhouse with a crazed gunman in uvalde can't do anything but at least thank god thank god that in indiana right just outside of indianapolis and the police just put out the report on this you've got a midwesterner a 22 year old who was shopping with his girlfriend saw someone come in with a long rifle take aim start shooting people and in 15 seconds he pulled out his constitutionally protected concealed carry nine millimeter Glock sent 10 rounds down range eight of which found purchase neutralized the threat the police just re they actually came out and edited their statement it wasn't two minutes it was 15 seconds he ended the threat in 15 seconds from a distance of 40 to 50 yards across a food court that's the America I want to be in that's real America versus Biden's America right there real America versus modern America which side do you want to be on but We have to talk about Biden's America, and we have to talk about the regime cracking down on Stephen K. Bannon. And who better than the person that's running the podcast that is shooting up the charts? It's called The Trial of Steve Bannon. The Post Millennial is producing it. But I want to bring in now Viva Fry, who has really been just killing this every night. Great recaps, going through all the legal analysis. He's been written up in Newsweek is going after him for this. But I want to bring in Viva. What is the latest that we're hearing from the court? What happened yesterday? Break it down.
2: So yesterday was supposed to be finalizing jury selection and then kicking off with opening arguments or opening statements. There was a slight hiccup in the morning in that there was something called a motion in limine, which is like a pretrial motion. You argue it not in the presence of the jury because it pertains to evidence. So you can't debate evidence in front of the jury if the question is whether or not the jury gets to see that evidence. It was a debate around correspondence between the committee, the Jan 6 committee and Stephen Bannon's. Uh, attorneys, specifically as relates to his subpoena, his invocation of executive privilege and thus refusal to comply with it, and some back and forths as to what might be conceived as attempting to accommodate, resolve the issue, resolve the debate as to whether or not Bannon benefited from executive privilege and could be compelled to testify uh, on what dates, what documents he'd have to produce by what dates. The prosecutor wanted to admit this uh, exchange, these, these letters between the committee and Bannon's lawyers. But last week, Judge Nichols uh, limited Bannon's defense, as we as we all know now, by limiting Bannon's ability to argue executive privilege, the invalidity of the formation of the committee itself and reliance on professional advice and old Office of Legal Counsel memos on executive privilege. So the judge says, prosecution, you're wanting to admit these correspondence, which speak to the executive privilege that I pursuant to a motion that you brought a while back have deprived Bannon of invoking. And then they're going back and forth, whether or not they redact the executive privilege portions out of this correspondence. I presume well, let me Bannon's- wait,
1: wait, wait. Let, me, yeah. let, me, let me just drill down on that for the audience very quickly. So this is the question of executive privilege. And we had Mike Davis on yesterday who was breaking this down for us. This is the idea that the, that the executive, the head of the executive branch, right? That is the president of the United States. He has privilege to be able to discuss his, or deliberate right with his advisors and keep that private from the machinations of the legislature, because otherwise you would have a legislature that was constantly bogging down the executive with subpoenas and requests for all sorts of things. If you had a divided government, uh, where which we might be, by the way, getting to, uh, we probably will be getting to this November. Richard Barris's numbers are right. And so invoking executive privilege was something that the judge had already ruled that Bannon could not use as a defense. And yet, the prosecution is now trying to bring in a letter which includes evidence of the invoking of executive privilege.
2: Exactly, and now the executive privilege has to do with the separation of powers in that you don't want the legislative branch investigating the executive branch because then you have one branch usurping or you know, taking more power over another as opposed to three ways of government spreading the tasks equally or the obligations equally. Um, but yeah, so that's if The prosecution wanted to bring in this exchange. And they're debating on the admissibility of the exchange because the exchange, uh, you know, contains back and forth about executive privilege. And the idea was that if it's admitted, well, then Bannon can't invoke the executive privilege defense. And then it might look like he just raised it uh, willy nilly or flippantly in the correspondence and never intended uh, it to be a serious defense. Then they discuss, you know, whether or not we redact it and then submit redacted correspondence, which might look even more suspicious to a jury who sees redacted correspondence. Uh, between uh, between Bannon and the committee, or Bannon's counsel on the committee. And so the judge got mad at both parties to some extent because the prosecution didn't want Bannon invoking executive privilege, but now wants to admit evidence that might open the door to Bannon being able to cross-examine or testify on executive privilege as raised and as detailed in that correspondence. Uh, the judge, uh, then what happened, Bannon said, "Let's we want to we uh, delay the trial by 30 days. To, to which the judge said, "We've already started impaneling. We, we've already started jury selection. We're well into it. We're not putting this off another 30 days or undoing the work that's been done as it relates to these jury members. I right, might because, contemplate- because if." If he's opening the
1: door, right, if he's opening the door to executive privilege, then certainly you'd want to be able to ha- to put, to mount an effective defense of that argument. You want to have experts, potentially witnesses, maybe bring one of the lawyers in who explains that he can say, yes, I, I explained to Mr. Bannon what executive privilege is, et cetera, et cetera. You can't just do that on the fly. Well,
2: it, exactly. You've planned around the trial as it has been uh, limited or set out by the judge. Uh, but and if you start opening the doors to certain defenses that had hitherto been denied it changes your strategy it changes your witness list it changes everything but the judge has already denied two requests for postponement he's not going to grant the third one now that jury selection is already underway whether or not it opens the door to bannon raising this now either in cross-examination or defense there are people who hypothesize that bannon wanted to keep the executive privilege argument solely as a legal argument for appeals and if you subject it or submit it to the jury uh, the appeals of a determination of fact by the jury on executive privilege is a little tougher to overcome than a question of law on executive privilege itself. So from what I understand, that might be the reason why Bannon didn't even want this door to get open in the first place, preserve the argument for appeal on executive privilege and don't submit it to the jury. Uh, but as it is now, it looks like the door has been opened. And in, in opening statements from the prosecution, they're mentioning executive privilege. And so they're now opening the door to that which they asked the judge to shut the door on. We'll see how it pans out. Thus far, only one witness started testifying yesterday because they got the jury uh, selected, 14, uh, two, uh, two alternates, 12 jury members, nine men, five women. They only got to the first witness at like 3.30 in the afternoon. That's the lawyer for the committee. No actual committee member as of yet. We'll see what happens. Um, but that's, that's the latest of it as of today. and It's interesting it's well, procedurally
1: so, so fascinating. That part, I was just going to say that Never. part. So that that's when I actually was able to attend the courtroom. So finish this show, finish my show, head over, headed over to the courtroom um, was able to sit in during the beginning of that witness. And I believe she's going to be going in. It's the actual chief counsel for the January 6th committee. She was there with her staff. Oh, you should have seen the mind me up outside the courtroom, by the way. I said, I'll see you in January, but You know we're we're sitting there and and she's going through as you say she's going through the process explaining what a subpoena is explaining but then when she gets to the portion of why they subpoenaed bannon that's the part where it becomes solely political and she says we have indications that bannon played a role in the attack on the capitol itself that he may have played a role in inciting this horrible domestic terrorist attack. And they use that, word, that phrase over and over in the courtroom, domestic terrorist attack, domestic terrorist attack. They're talking about January 6th as if it was Pearl Harbor or 9-11, something on this level. And, and she's looking, right, she's very well-trained, and I can say this because I was there, she's, she knows to look, turn, look at the jury as she's stating those words.
2: Uh, the, the funny thing is, is she'll learn from the Amber Heard trial. But the thing is this, She's preaching to the choir, so she doesn't need to try to convince the jury of much in this. Amber Heard, you know, during her trial, when she looked over to the jury, it looked insincere. In this case, it doesn't even matter. But the an act of domestic terrorism, we have to appreciate what an abuse of language that is. This was January 6th. People get angry at me because I say, look, we have to accept it was a violent protest. There were... Certain sections where you know, people were let in and just parading through and not doing anything, there were other sections where there was violence. There were pepper spraying you know, police officers. They were breaking windows. It got out of control in certain areas. Whether or not the violence characterized the January 6th events, you can debate about that. What you cannot debate about is that it was not an act of domestic terrorism. And to, to yeah, use a, that hey, terminology— hey, Viva,
1: we've got- yeah, go for it. We've got just one minute, one minute left. Gonna get you to wrap up and then let us know where people can go? Because I know there's so much more of your analysis that everyone wants to get through as it looks like this trial is dragging out through the week and maybe beyond.
2: It, well, it is going longer than I thought it might have gone, but we'll see. Things can wrap up quickly. Um, so as of today, we're going to continue with witnesses. Prosecution is going to present its case and, and we'll see where it goes. I don't know what the witness list is. I've been doing daily live streams on this on my YouTube and Rumble channel, Viva Fry. Uh, there's some exclusive stuff on vivabarnslaw.locals.com. Robert Barnes and I talk about it every week on Sunday. We'll do the recap. And uh, I'm doing the ex- exclusive daily analysis recap for the post-millennial. So you can check that out.
1: Well, that's something I think is going to stay in the test of time. Years from now, people will look back at your work and see this was the opposition crackdown. That will be able to be an evergreen product. And I commend you for your service and commend you for putting that together, sir.
0: We're taking down the CCP. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will till We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP.
3: You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, And get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold.
4: This isn't the first time a party has worked to choose its own opponent. And Maryland isn't the only state where Democrats have done it this year. They succeeded in boosting Trump-aligned Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania and Darren Bailey in Illinois. They are attempting it in Arizona right now with Kerry Lake. They tried unsuccessfully to do it in Colorado by giving an assist to two 2020 election deniers. It is also, I don't have to tell you, a strategy that carries significant risk. Think about it. If Dan Cox wins the nomination and then say he happens to pull off a win in the general, Democrats will have helped fund and elect a MAGA conservative to a governorship.
1: I love how MSNBC talks about Republican voters as, they're, as though there's just some kind of uh, NPC robots that you can program and they, they see a bunch of ads and they see a bunch of stuff on TV and then they just do as they're told, right? And if, if the Democrats come in, they're the ones that are putting this together. They're the ones who make the decision. It's not the TV that's doing it. Yeah, I think that MSNBC is actually repeating the, the quiet part out loud there a little bit because they're talking about their voters. They know that's how their voters work. But I wanted to bring on someone to, to respond to this and then also kind of get into some of the other reporting that's going in there. So we've got Colonel Mastriano himself, who is the current nominee for Republican governor in my home Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Uh, good morning, Colonel.
5: Thank you for having me on. And just to correct the record, you know, nobody that I know of, including myself, is denied the the election happened. So these little cute buzz phrases that that young lady, and she, I'm sure she's not a journalist, did not go to school for I'm sure she uh, probably majored in gender studies. Uh, we did not deny that there was an election. There is no election denying, but we do have questions. There's a big difference.
1: Oh, 100%. No, but I, I do need to ask you about the serious question here, Colonel. Is it true that you only won because of Democrats and because of Democrat spending? Is that how it happened?
5: <laughs> Hell no! I worked my ass off across the state here with my wife, my wife Rebby. We've been running across the Commonwealth for two years. Uh, we've we've touched about thirty thousand hands, talked to many, many thousand more people. Uh, we had this election won actually last year. When the polling polling began last May, I was always ahead, and and my lead would just continuously grow. For the idea that uh, a few bit of a uh, Democrat ads had anything to help me win the election, that's complete rhino Democrat nonsense.
1: Or it doesn't seem to make sense to me because as I said, you know Pennsylvania, that's that's my home, right? Um, I'm from just obviously the wrong part of the state, right? Just outside Philadelphia. But, um, you know, looking at the the polls that I saw talking to people from back home, we always knew that you were the 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 favorite going into it. Um, there was a contested primary, but it was never a situation where anybody really came up over you as the head of the polls and we saw that your work with uh, so many churches, by the way, across the state of Pennsylvania that I don't think people realize and also your just ability to be out there and be a voice for so many people in the western part of the state, so many people in the tea um, that I think really acclimated to your message. It, it just made so much sense to me. So going forward, though, I saw that Politico has a big headline up just all about you. And it says that Democrats, though, may have got more than they bargained for, because just in the same way that people were accusing Democrats of supporting Trump in 15 and 16 and blowing him up and making him the nominee, that it looks like you are actually in more of a horse race than they expected and potentially could defeat. And in my attention and my as if I have any estimation will defeat Josh Shapiro for the governor's mansion this fall in November. So tell me, what do you think about the new coverage? (laughs)
5: <laughs> well, you know, first off, we're, we're going to smoke Joshua Peer like a bad cigar. There was no point in the previous Pennsylvania gubernatorial foil race that Wagner was in that he was ever within striking distance or equal to him. He was always double points ahead. I come at it, And you know this for a fact. I had a tough primer. I had nine people on the ballot, uh, a bunch of which decided it was a good idea to, to, to attack me with negative ads, violating, of course, Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment. Now, so not speak to a little Republican. And uh, I smoked it. I, I won 55 of 67 counties. And the 12 counties I didn't get, I came in second. I mean, it was the entire western and middle part of the state was red. I got all the southeast except the home counties, a few candidates, a good chunk of the northeast. That was a win that we did on our own. The Democrats, they get no credit for that. Trump won without their help in 2016. The idea that they want to insert themselves as some kind of kingmakers here is ridiculous because they're very poor at choosing.
1: Well, so let's. Let's talk a little bit about that, because we do know that, obviously, you've got the primary, but November is coming faster than I think a lot of people expect, because, you know, the summer, things get quiet. Then by the time fall rolls around, it's September, October, boom, that's a shootout straight to November. The question on everybody's mind, I believe, certainly for this audience, the War Room audience, and if Steve were here right now, he'd be asking the same exact question, is voter integrity. What can be done between now and November for the current election that you are in to preserve that idea? Of voter integrity and fight back against some of these issues that we've brought up in the past.
5: Yeah, and there's a lot to be had still. And with a Democrat governor who vetoed, for instance, my uh, election uh, protection bill, he vetoed it just hours away. That it would automatically become, a, you know, bill. I'm like, thanks a lot, pal. I just thought maybe he was going to let it come in. It was a good bill. Make sure that the integrity and the uh, transparency is there. Uh, we made minor steps, though. I mean, is it enough? I think so. Uh, Zuck, Zuck, bucks are out, and that was that was the thing the Democrats used really in 2020 to get out the vote. It wasn't about you know voting integrity for them. It was just drumming out people and setting up uh, those boxes outside the drop boxes, which is not in our constitution, not in our law. And uh, but they so they're gonna have trouble funding that. Uh, a few other minor issues we tweaked here and there, but we're gonna have to have eyeballs in all the uh, election stations. Uh, we're going I need 20,000 poll watchers to cover the state, so if people are interested instead of complaining. Go to dougforgov.com and sign up to be a volunteer and be a poll watcher
1: Twenty thousand poll watchers every single polling station the banning by the way of zuckerbucks in the state of pennsylvania in the commonwealth i think that's huge i think that's a buried lead that a lot of people are missing for pennsylvania that's magnificent but of course your campaign is going to need more fight you're going to need boots on the ground you're going to need funding you're going to need more help And so um, you mentioned that that's the website. Now, what are some of the trends that I can ask you? I had Carrie Lake on yesterday. We were talking about some of the trends in Arizona because I've seen some reporting that shows flipping, actual party flipping in some of those suburban collar counties of Philadelphia, possibly some other ones at a rate that we haven't seen in 20 plus years. And the suburbs seem like the registration rates are flipping from D to R. Are you seeing these trends as well oh in my the gosh. data that, that your campaign is yes. sending to you? And and how are you going to capitalize on that?
5: Both on data and uh, we, we already have uh, thousands of people out in the field there knocking on doors and what have you. And uh, we're flipping people. We flipped people in February during the petition drive to get me on the ballot. We needed 2,000 signatures. My people collected 29,000 of record Republican signatures. And in there with thousands of Democrats and, and independents to switch party we were closed primary. Uh, now people don't even need to switch parties to vote for me, but they're, they're so disgusted because the media, of course, they, they all have their little cute talking point from little Josh Shapiro. And, and, and then he's a train wreck. I mean, he's he likes to say I'm the senior law enforcement official of the state. How's crime under Josh? He gets an F. He's failed us. But on that side there, people are leaving his party left and right now. I'm seeing huge trends with the Latino population, which is which is falling solidly with me. Uh, we're seeing independence break almost 60% for Doug Mastriano With those kind of trends and suburban females, uh, 30s and 60s, uh, outside of Philly, one of the things Jonkin had down in D.C. area, uh, we got him. And so we're going to work hard to maintain people's trust, but they know I'm all about freedom. You know, these cute little talking points about, him. he's being far. Well, no, actually I'm pretty mainstream, pretty level-headed, and actually fairly moderate overall. And uh, my goal is just to reopen the state and turn power back to the people where it belongs. The same thing that that every veteran like you and me fought for.
1: Well, I think that's right. And what are some of the, of the other weaknesses that you might see as Josh Shapiro? Because I look, I remember uh, Josh when he was the state rep. I remember he was the county commissioner from Montgomery County, uh, where my family lives. And he's a formidable guy. He's been he's been looking at this for a long time. He's wanted this governor's mansion. What do you see as his potential weaknesses and vulnerabilities going into November?
5: Well, I mean, I'm going to de- deflect here to his pom-pom girls in the in the Philadelphia Inquirer. who just who just adore him. There's reporters there just, I mean, just make crap up to protect him. And uh, they actually wrote an article a few months back. They're like, oh, crap, Josh has never been vetted. He's never had a hard challenger in any race. Well, he's meeting his demise right now in the form of Doug Mastriano. Retired Army colonel, served my country all my life. I'm not a petulant little rich kid as he is. He He has such a rough time in his own party. Because we heard a lot a lot about the nine rhinos you know coming out you know against Mastriana. but what you don't know and I like, I like to be underestimated as I was in the primary so I will be in the general. But there's many, many actively serving leading Democrats, elected officials, not former like all the hasbins we saw coming out against me on the Republican side uh, who uh, grab me and they say Doug, I and these are powerful people and I'll never mention the air and their names on air unless it, unless they give the okay. Uh, they're like, uh, yeah, yes, I'm a leader in the Democrat Party. Yes, I disagree with you on many, many issues, but you're better for Pennsylvania and my community and Josh Shapiro will ever be. And I'm working wow. and fighting behind the scenes to win you to be our governor and not Josh Shapiro in their own party. Wow. I mean, that, that's huge.
1: Well, Colonel, I mean, you can just go down. I'm waiting to see the, the, the Doug Mastriano video from you know, Kensington and Allegheny uh, intersection, K&A down there in Philadelphia, where you can see these, 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 these fentanyl zombies and the shootings and the crime and the people being attacked in the streets and saying, this is what your chief law enforcement officer has wrought. And and I'm sorry, but this, this to get emotional, but this is a personal issue for me. Right. I, I went to temple. That's, that's my home. my brother used to live a couple of blocks from there. And, and when you see what they've done to our state, when you see what they've done to our, our beautiful cities and towns and everything about, about Pennsylvania that I grew up loving, and they've, they've turned it into garbage. So I thank you so much for running and trying to do something about this. We've just got one minute left in the segment. Tell me, where can people go if they want to volunteer for this Mastriano, uh, uh for your campaign, for this poll watching? And then also if they want to uh, donate or, or make out any uh, contributions.
5: Yes, uh, fellow Americans, please just don't sit back and complain. Yes, things are bad and i can't do it alone and so please go to dougforgov.com no matter where you live in america or around the world as long as you're an american citizen you can give them a campaign and we need donations we need money and we use it and spend it wisely and please go to dougforgov.com the to volunteer let's roll up your sleeves and let's do something amen amen as we know psalm
1: 1-6 the lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly will perish god bless wow. god, uh, colonel mastriano Thank and we you, will sir. see you soon we go you, from bro. Pennsylvania to Rome. Ben Harmon coming up
4: next.
0: We rejoice when no more. Let's take down the
3: CCP. Hey, did you hear where this Arizona real estate agent found the home she lived in? Listed for sale? Hey, the problem was she wasn't selling her home. She was the victim of home title fraud, a devastating crime happening all over the country. According to the expert at Home Title Lock, the crime is incredibly profitable and hard to detect. An identity thief simply fakes a title transfer for your home and refiles it as the new owner. Then he takes out loans on your home or sells it. Typically, identity theft services don't cover you. And neither does homeowners insurance, but Home Title Lock does. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect anyone tampering with your home's title, they help shut it down and help get your home back in your name. Here's what you should do. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and read the testimonials from FBI agents and government officials. Then register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. And when you protect your home, Tell them Steve Bannon sent you to get your free 30 days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, 30 days free protection if you do it today. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system Allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function and more iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter iTargetPro.com. That's iTargetPro.com offer code bannon b-a-n-n-o-n
1: war room pandemic with stephen k bannon
4: the epidemic
2: is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide
1: war room pandemic here's your host stephen k bannon well we go from the jackal that's what they were calling stephen k bannon yesterday in the courtroom right well he's over there msnbc was calling him the jackal who's on trial he's still facing off against the regime the prettyman courthouse over there just a few blocks away. Only about four minutes i drove there after the show yesterday four minutes from here where i sit jack Pasobic guest hosting as stephen k bannon is facing off against the regime directly directly and we're going to get some updates from the courtroom as they roll in of course the great viva fry is also doing his podcast the trial of Steve Van you can get that apple spotify wherever you get your podcast go check that out for a quick 20 25 minute recap every evening but then also make sure that you go mypillow.com promo code warroom if you want to support us if you want to support the work the warroom's doing if you want to keep the lights on if you want to keep these produced the crack producing team here at uh, at warroom one of the best teams that i've ever worked with right go to mypillow.com you use promo code warroom you can go set up. If you want to upgrade your sleep system, if you want to upgrade your bed, you want to upgrade your sheets. that's where you go. You get the deals, the flash sales. They're in right now and also support the armor-piercing shell of Mike Lindell, who is one of the people who told us 10 years ago. We played the clip 10 years. Do we still have that clip? We had play the clip 10 years ago of Mike Lindell where he was talking about China coming in and buying up our cotton fields. Mike Lindell, one of the people, and, and he's on with Don Imus right there, and Imus totally blows over it and says, and, you know, starts asking him some other question, blows over it, and Mike Lindell said specifically, the CCP is buying up our farmland. We need to do something about this. This is a huge problem. Now, I'm also checking to see, by the way, do we have any updates from baby AJ, who's been watching all week. He's been saying data as he looks up at the screen. We're working on getting uh, Harmel on in Rome now.
5: We have, oh, we do it with the
1: Lindell? Yeah, yeah let's, let's go back. Let's go back and remind everybody what Mike Lindell warned us about ten years ago, China buying our farmland.
4: Play the clip. I do all my own manufacturing. We went from forty employees to three hundred and sixty in the last three months. And who do you hire now, Bernie to tell me? What got the kinds of people you hire? We hire every we put every every you know, people that are have that have problems. I got a foundation now that I used to be a, an addict too, a drug addict.
5: And, what kind uh, of drugs,
4: a crack cocaine, oh, yeah. crack, huh? crack, yeah. So, I've got a you know, fr- I stopped doing cocaine before they invented crack because, yeah, it's a, it's a two, it's two different drugs. Cocaine yeah. is way different than crack, yeah. I know you change that you change the molecular structure or whatever, right? And uh, my foundation is actually going to help you know, unreachable, you know, to reach out. So, you to, can you know, say so you get to addicts and so on to make your pillows, yeah. We have the ones that you know, we got you know, addict. we'll hire you know. We hire people to help them, too, to give them yeah. jobs and to get them, you know, back on their feet. And, and uh, everyone in my company has a pillow, so they believe in the product. They believe where we're going. And uh, what a great story. Yeah, and now we're going to buy up. Uh, I want to start buying the cotton fields because China's buying our cotton fields and taking our cotton from us.
1: And there it is right there at the end. And Imus just, you know, the late great Don Imus just rolls right past it. China buying up our farmland. There was a story that we've been digging into over at Human Events Daily, my podcast, where we were talking about this retired PLA general who has purchased up 140,000 acres of farmland just outside Laughlin Air Force Base on the U.S. southern border in Texas. Why do we allow this as a country? Why do we allow this as the kind of country where anyone can come in, purchase whatever they want? And there's a difference, by the way, and Blake Masters was talking about this. There's a difference between someone, if you're Chinese American and you want to purchase something, you want to purchase the land, that's one thing, right? If you're part of the Lao Beijing, if you've come over here, right, if you've decided to make your life in America and you're trying to purchase a home, that's fine, right? You want to build a farm. For example, if you want to get into farming, which would be great, by the way, because we need more farmers in general, right? If you eat, thank a farmer, by the way. And if you're eating and if you're eating cheaply, thank a trucker. If you're eating from the shopping market, thank a trucker. But when you go down and if you're a Chinese national, who's connected to the CCP. <clears throat> and then we allow these people to come into our country to purchase whatever we want in the name of what? Increasing our GDP, increasing our economy. No, we need to put the needs of the American people first and we need to get serious about our Southern border. Because do you think that's what's going on in Ch- Do you think Americans could just go and do that in China? Do you think you just go and do that in Russia? No, they're not gonna do that. That's why Putin and Xi are working together now. That's why they're down in Tehran right? Putin, uh, Raisi, and Erdogan meeting in Tehran. Understand what part of the movie we're in. They're holding their meeting because they are setting up the new axis of the world island. They did this and understand, by the way, and we're going to talk about this, Ben, when we get him up. They timed this specifically for when, so Biden goes over and the Wall Street Journal has the story on their front page today. He said it was, they said it was worse than an embarrassment. He goes to Saudi Arabia, hat in hand, prostrates himself, prostrates the United States of America. The leader of the free world, this guy isn't even leader of a free, free refill. He's not even the leader of the free lunch. And he wants to call himself the leader of the free world, dancing around in his theatrics. He does a fist bump, he gets nothing. Meanwhile, Putin goes over, signs a deal with Iran, and signs a deal with turkey who oh by the way they're a nato member and i thought that nato was what this was supposed to be all about that's what the situation was we go to harwell we're getting him up he's there i can see him in rome i can see him so we understand what's going on in the world now this is a situation where you have as steve always likes to tell us we are seeing the collapse of complex systems. It didn't have to be this way. We didn't have to run our country this way. We didn't have to go and be the leader of this globalized network. It goes all the way back to 1960s, 1970s in some cases, where we decided in the post-war era to use our post-war boom from the 1950s to open our borders. We then decided to establish a global economic empire and the global economic empire was through outsourcing. So we outsourced labor, and in many cases, agricultural labor to uh, people from Mexico, Central America, coming up across the border. That was the idea, cheap labor, bring it in through the southern border. Then we outsourced our manufacturing, where? To Asia, specifically China. After the downfall of the June 4th movement, June 4th, 1989 Tiananmen Square, we could have knocked over the CCP. We could have done it in a week. But what did Bush do? Bush Sr., by the way, Poppy Bush, he sends over Snowcroft, and they sign a secret agreement with the CCP. And they laid it out. It says, it's probably going to take about a year. We're going to bring you in the WTO. We're going to increase foreign direct investment. That's Western capital that's going into the CCP. You want to know why Detroit like, looks like what it does, and Shanghai looks what it does? We paid for that. You paid for that. The deplorables pay for that. That's where your capital went. That's where your money went. So we outsourced our capital and our manufacturing and our capital markets to China. And then we outsourced our energy, where? To the Middle East, because we were pursuing these environmental green dreams, which, oh, by the way, when you go and look, we have the poll here. 1%, 1% of American voters say that climate change is their number one priority going into the 2022 elections. You know what people say is their top priority? They say gas, they say inflation, crime in many of the places, just like I was talking to the Colonel about K&A down in Philadelphia. It used to be that you could go to, you could go to certain parts of Philadelphia and you'd be okay. Now you go in and it's crime everywhere. Our country didn't have to be this way. And it was be- because we pursued two things at the same time, a globalized system and an insane green policy putting those interests ahead of our own national interests. Do we have Ben? Yeah. Mr. Harnwell, we've got you up. You're a hard man to catch.
6: Jack, good morning to you.
1: Good morning. on morning, yeah? Oh, yes, yeah, Ben, go ahead, Garrett. Yeah, we, we are up. We've got you. You okay. look good. You look great out there. Your lighting is, is so wonderful. Uh, that looks like a beautiful part. Is that, is that Piazza
6: Navona? Piazza Navona, but very he, good. It's directly in front of me. It's, it's directly in front of 30, We were just. Uh, why was this there? Degrees. Yeah, we were just
1: there yes, with uh, with Tanya Te. We stayed in Piazza Navona, so I, I said, you know what, that looks like Piazza Navona a little bit. Tell us what's so going well, on. What are you reporting? Me. Because we've got this. We've got Draghi. We've got Salvini. Are we seeing the collapse of the Italian government? What's happening?
6: But right. well, right now the situation is this. D- behind me is the Italian Senate. There was um. The current negotiations are... The, the, uh, Draghi has said he will stay. This is the prime minister, if you remember. He's not elected. He's, he's not a member of parliament. He's not a senator. He's simply prime minister by virtue of being named as such by Sergio Mattarella, the president of the Italian Republic. So, And, and Mattarella himself, the president of the Republic, um isn't popularly elected, he's simply chosen by the Italian Parliament. So there's very slight democratic legitimacy as it is, but Draghi, who offered to the President of the Republic uh, last Thursday his resignation, he was asked to say it stay by Mattarella, pending a vote of confidence, one today in the Senate, which is behind me, and another vote of confidence tomorrow in the House of Representatives, Um, And Draghi has now said this morning he will stay, um, but it really depends on the degree of unity he's able to get together. He doesn't want to lead a partisan government. This is the form Draghi, as as, as I'm sure you you, you know, Jack, and as the war posse possibly remember, is the former president of the European Central Bank. So he's a technocrat. He doesn't want to lead a political government. Even less does he want to demean his standing by getting into the grubby day-to-day work of haggling with with the minority parties for votes.
1: Yes. Precisely. And so he's trying to hold on as much as he can. But all of this chaos has been thrown in because of these the situation that we see in eurasia the situation where with oil the situation with gas being shut off maybe 20 percent. we're now seeing the gas problem is going to send a little bit of their contracts they're pulling back from the force majeure declaration yesterday a little bit but we've only got about two minutes left with you ben i wanted to go into because we've seen a statement now just that's just come out i'm seeing it across the desk here russia's lavrov has stated geographical objectives of the special operation in ukraine have changed from just donbass to a number of other territories and if the west delivers long-range weapons to kiev geographical objectives in ukraine will be advanced even further is this war spilling out across the territory of ukraine are they looking to annex potentially the entire southern region the coast or even more of ukraine what's going on there just a couple of minutes left
6: you know, my take on this, Jack, isn't so much that the war is spilling out over control. I think it's more a situation that despite all the mainstream media's uh, re- repetitions over the last five months, Russia is winning this war in Ukraine, would always win this war in Ukraine. And simply having pacified most of the Donbas region, what it now wants to do is, is go further down south um, to Zaporizhia, which is, which is named today by, by Lavrov. And I think, Um, The next step, once once they've solidified that land bridge going down to the south is that they're then going to do exactly what you and Steve have been saying for I think three months, if not four, which is they're going to go all the way down to Odessa and then basically cover off the whole of the southern front of Ukraine, effectively uh, depriving it of access to the sea and they'll go all, all, um, all the way across to Moldova. That's my belief. I don't think the war is spilling out of control. I think it's more a case of Putin having obtained his objectives in Donbass. And now he wants to go south um, to be able to for, for fuller control, both of the landmass, but also of the sea.
1: Well, Ben, that's exactly why when I traveled to Ukraine just a few weeks ago, uh, we went to Odessa, we went to Mikolaev. We visited those very areas to look at the preparations for ourselves. So, Ben, we're out of time today. Hoping to get you on tomorrow. We'll do a longer segment on all of this. Maybe get you up in the afternoon with, with Navarro when he will be in as Stephen K. Bannon is still facing off against the regime, just a few blocks away from where we sit, ensconced Capitol Hill headquarters of the war room. We will fight
0: the
3: Years have proven that we need to be prepared. We constantly see government overreach, attacks on our communication, and energy grid, worldwide conflict, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. Having reliable communications is essential. Now don't get caught without reliable communication. And I'm here to tell you your fragile cell phone simply won't cut it. It will not cut it. That's why I've partnered with the Satellite Phone Store so you can stay prepared and ensure your vital communication stays private. They're one of America's largest satellite telephone companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. Right now, they have a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Get a free Amerisat satellite phone. 150 monthly minutes, free United States domestic number, and free rollover minutes for only ninety nine ninety five plus tax per month with an annual agreement. Now go to sat that's s a t one two three dot com sat one two three dot com slash bannon and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That's sat one two three dot com slash bannon. Do it today. Take action.
1: Okay, so we go from Ben Harnwell, but I wanted to go down to talk about, well, we're not there yet, but let people know a show note, a programming note, if you will. So what I'm planning to do, so it looks like the trial of Steve Bannon, unfortunately, is continuing. Beyond today, we thought it may be only a couple of days. It's going later, Thursday, Friday. It may spill into next week. But I've got to be in Tampa for Turning Point, Sass, starts tomorrow. So what am I going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. We are taking the show on the road. War Room, we are going to be broadcasting live from Media Row at Turning Point Thursday, Friday. I'm going to be pulling people in, right? Just as they're walking by, I'm going to yank him. If I see Boris just, you know, milling around out there, I'm going to yank him in. Getting He's going around telling people sign up for Getter, sign up for his newsletter. We're going to yank him in. We're going to put him down. And because we know that SAS is going to be the center of the political universe this weekend. The only stage that I'm aware of this entire year, or certainly this entire cycle, that'll have President Trump and Governor Ron DeSantis on there. And so to help break this down and go through some of the other news of the day, I wanted to bring on the founder and president of Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk himself, to come in and give us one last explanation of why it is that SAS is going on in tampa what it means and really uh, this immersive experience that people can have
7: while they're down there right. yeah that's well said jack and first i just want to say i love real america's voice you're doing a great job jack by the way it's not easy to fill in and pitch in i'm um, going have to this was tryouts for our show so uh get ready for a lot of work in the future but uh Uh-oh. we love Uh-oh. we we love real america's voice we're thrilled that um to be partnering and to be doing our program with them. It's just amazing. And they have a big presence in Tampa. So look, you know, a lot of people watching this probably have a fair amount of anxiety and unease about where young people are right now, such as they are increasingly left-wing, they don't share their values. I tell people all the time, come to Tampa, Florida, any age, and you will leave with hope. 5,000 conservative students from across the country and we'll have plenty of other you know, patriots of all ages. But the focus is really students, though, Jack. Our students get the best seating. Our students get the VIP tickets. Because we're all about talking about this, not just like an event. Look, there's plenty of events. We happen to do them, I think, better and bigger. And I think you would agree, Jack. But it's not just about the event itself. We look at the Student Action Summit as the beginning stages of a deployment. It's almost like boot camp, where these students come in, They're starting Turning Point USA chapters, and they will go to high school and college campuses all across the country. They're signing up, by the way, for something that will get them kicked out of class, lose job opportunities, mocked, ridiculed, attacked, sometimes physically. And they're doing so enthusiastically and willing, willingly. And so that's something that we're doing uh, at the Student Action Summit, rallying these students, training them, educating them. If anyone wants to come, as Jack mentioned, we have Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump will be there with Turning Point Action. That will happen on Friday night and Saturday night. There's programming all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Greg Gutfeld, Donald Trump Jr., Laura Ingram, Kaylee McEnany, Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, Ben Carson, Mike Lee, and that's just touching the surface. So we believe in immersion experiences at Turning Point USA. We believe that our field program literally is changing the world through our educational uh, programs. Very unique and very important. And if anyone wants to go, it's tpusa.com SAS. And Real America's Voice is going to have a pretty awesome platform there.
1: Well, and remember the breakout sessions that will change your life. So we're going to be going down myself. I'm bringing, I'm bringing Tanya. I'm bringing the kids, Jack-Jack and baby AJ. They're got, they've got, got their matching bow ties. They're going to be there Friday night, Saturday night. And so if you want to come meet us, meet the kids, we will be there. But, you know, Charlie, I was thinking the other day that I couldn't even remember how long it's been since I've missed a SAS. I want to say the first one I was at was 17. So that's going back five years now. But the first thing that I noticed when I saw there was that when I showed up and it was eight in the morning because I had an early hit or something and I was coming in and I saw a line and I said, what's this line? Are people, is there some free thing? What's going on? You know, eight in the morning, all these college kids and they're all, you know, they're wearing suits or dress, they're very well dressed. You know, it's, 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 it's not like anything I've ever seen. It's certainly, it, and I've been to CPACs before and this wasn't like, a, it was different. It was something different, right? And I just turned to Tanya and said, I've never seen college kids lined up for anything at eight in the morning. It turns out it was just the line to get the seats because began. the seats were, as you said, first come, first serve
7: at eight in the morning on a Saturday. Yes, that's right. And so we put the preference on our students and we believe at Turning Point USA that if we do not invest heavily and enthusiastically, in the grassroots of America, what's happening on high school, It's happening on colleges, then the country is done. Look, there's a lot of good efforts happening in the conservative movement, but I'm afraid too many of them are top down. We are bottom up. We go straight into the necessary grassroots to train the next generation, give them the resources that is necessary to be able to do what they need to do in high school and college campuses. And it's a phenomenal sight to be seen. And it's completely contrary to what the mainstream media would tell you. And look, we're, we're going to have a lot of media there. They can't believe the room is going to be as big as it is. They said, oh, come on, you're trying to tell me you're going to have 5,000 people. I said, boy, you've never really been to a Turning Point event, have you? Because It's not the first time we've done this. It will, however, be the second largest event we've ever done in Turning Point USA history. The biggest, of course, w- is going to be America Fest and was America Fest last uh, December. But biggest speakers in the movement, so- all are welcome. If you're local, get your tickets, tpusa.com.
1: No, it's really a place to be. And, and we had you got one minute left, Charlie, and we had Tyler on yesterday. He said that you might even be looking, working with the convention center, perhaps perhaps expand the space down there at the Tampa convention center, because it turns out there's actually That's too right. many people that are requesting tickets to this thing. And so they have to go and expand the parameters. And they have the ability to flex and do that. People don't realize that it's the whole convention center of Tampa becomes an immersive experience.
7: That's right. It's going to be one of the largest events in the history of the conservative movement. And if you don't believe it, see it for yourself. And I never want to hear cynicism again about the future of America, unless you've been to a turning point event. If you've been to a turning point event and you're still cynical, fine. But people say, oh, Charlie, kids are the worst. They don't. Okay, fine. Come to one of our events for 72 hours or even 48 hours, and you will see something that will blow your mind. It's the future of America. TPUSA.com. No, sorry, if you want to come right. Congratulations, congratulations on, on
1: the hours. event. Congratulations on everything you've built. We'll see Charlie. Make sure you watch him immediately following the war room here. Real America's Voice. Coming up next, we've got Cortez. We're going to go through some of these numbers. because Joe Biden, despite inflation, is still coming.
3: Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants War Room Health, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're gonna be part of the posse, you need a strong heart, you need a lion's heart. How we're gonna do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.
1: They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America